Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, and uh, we're actually back here. This is our third episode of the day. We really hope you appreciate the consistency, but this is going to be our USFL Power Rankings and Recap episode. Um, I just want to briefly go over the player of the weeks and all the categories. Troy Williams, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Uh, offensive player of the week nod, fantastic performance. Special teams player of the week, uh, Luis Aguilar, kicker for the and punter for the um, Philadelphia Stars. He had a fantastic weekend, 8 for 8 on field goals. Just as, I, I don't know how to describe that, but he scored every point for the Stars in their win. And then Defensive Player of the Week is going to be Breland Speaks, defensive end for the Michigan Panthers. Had a really good performance, I think two and a half sacks and a bunch of tackles and a few tackles for losses. Uh, he, he was stellar. He's been stellar um, this entire season. Everyone in the Northern Division is 2-3 and three now, so it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes up for the playoffs. Um, it, we, it was an interesting midway through the through the season in week five, every underdog won. Um, underdog going in like going off of the over under. Every underdog did Pretty win, crazy. which is insane. Um, but just briefly going over um, who won. Let me just find the scores here. Pardon me. Here. Oh, you have them. You want to yeah. read them off for the listeners out there. So for a week, it was a uh, week five. Week, week five, five, game one, Pittsburgh Maulers versus the Michigan Panthers. Already coming on to what was supposed to be, you know, the prove-it win for the Michigan Panthers. And, you know, just the Maulers are coming out like a dark horse champion contender right now. And with Troy Williams at helm, who knows what they can do. They've really found their guy. You know, so glad they've moved on from James Morgan and now they're at Troy Williams. Because you see the quality of play. He's like well, he's like 2-1 and one now as a starter, right? Two and one is a starter. Yeah, two and one is a starter, and this was no different. Winning twenty three to seven over the hurt, just not looking good Michigan Panthers. You know what I mean? They they just look like an injured Panther, bro. They just glad the Panthers pulled out with a W there. Exactly. No, the Maulers won. Oh, the Maulers. Excuse me. They're now two and three. Mm -hmm. Same with the Panthers. Shout out Garrett Groshek. Yes, shout out Garrett Groshek. Had a great game. And then it was a second game of the day. Also, a massive upset. Houston Gamblers versus the Birmingham Stallions. Trevor, what do you think about the game? Um, I I didn't think it was much of an upset. You saw the you saw the um yeah yeah you saw how the Gamblers have been playing. They're scoring tons of points every week. But I feel like it was sort of an upset because they're missing who's at helm there. You know, Kenji Bahar was wasn't at helm, but they have a amazing backup in, in what Terry, Terry Wilson. Wilson. I think honestly, you can't go wrong with either of them. Uh, Terry Wilson had a clean game, no errors. A beautiful 50-yard bomb to Ratliff Williams that just sealed the deal, honestly. Um, but I'm going to say one thing. Alex Magoo really just shows you what he is in this game. He's a playmaker, a guy that's going to do anything he can to win the game. And he did. All 20 points were because of Alex Magoo. He set them up with the rushing touchdown. Um, and then he extended a play and found LaMichael Petway in the back of the end zone and just brought it to a tight game. They just couldn't seal the deal. They, the Houston Gamblers were not penalized at all during this game. The Houston Gam, uh, the, the Birmingham Stallions were penalized eight times. So just a one-sided officiating affair. The Stallions fans feel like they were robbed. And maybe they were, but I, I thought the Gamblers played an outstanding game. You know who Terry Wilson is. He's touchdown Terry. But that was a good game, and, and I can see why the Gamblers won. But what's the next game of the weekend? Next then? game was the first game of the Saturday, of the Sunday games. It was my team, 
Philadelphia Stars against the New Jersey Generals. What a game. What a game what for a Louis Aguilar. Game. You know, everyone else, just Louis Aguilar is the focal point of the Stars. That, that game. Their defense also showed up and held it an did. explosive offense it at did. bay. They made Bar- Darius Victor fumble three times this game. So pretty. I hated to see it, but this he game He literally was, lost them the game. He did, but at the he same time, the honestly, the injury to DeAndre Johnson didn't help. But I will say Kyle Laletta looked sharp out there, he dropping did, dimes. The pick he had was off a tipped ball, not entirely his fault. But then he led, led them down the field and scored a rushing <coughs> touchdown to keep them in the game. They just couldn't capitalize he was, and do much else. Yeah, he, he, was only, he was only in for, what, three drives? Yeah. He was 10 for 12 with 111 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. And, and then one, he had that rushing touchdown. And then he had a rushing touchdown. That, like, that's good stats, bro. Do we see maybe another season... With these next five weeks coming up for the New Jersey Generals, do we see Laletta take up that Luis Perez role that he had last year to get them into the playoffs? Because what made them so deadly last year was the fact that they had an efficient passer in Luis Perez and a stellar runner that could create big plays in DeAndre Johnson with two great running backs, Trey Williams and Darius Victor. So it, Forgetting Kevontae Turpin. And obviously Kevontae Turpin Gary on Dan. special teams Gary was, was a, a, a focal point. But I got a shout-out to their offense being top three last year because they had that dedicated, you know, I'm going to take a check down kind of guy. And that could be Kyle Laletta. So maybe they, you know, rework their recipe. And, you know, because I think they're one of the best teams in this league. And I think they're one of the better teams overall in the North. So I, I don't know how they lost this game. But Luis Aguilar scored... Eight field goals. He was eight for eight. Twenty-four points. He was just stellar. Though, three seconds left on the clock, he hits a fifty-five yarder, and the team embraced him. He won Special Teams Player of the Week because he deserved it. He's gonna get an NFL call he, after he the tied, season. He tied. He's getting the, called. Um, he tied the record for uh, like the most field goals in one game, all time pro sports. And he he's gonna get a call. He's gonna get a call by a team next in this offseason. As soon as the season's over, he's going to get a call up. And he may not start, but he's going to be a practice squad guy. He's going to make six figures, rightfully so. He may he changed his life with this game. He changed his whole life. So shout out to Luis Aguilar. You deserve it, bro. Okay, and bro. you know, I saw the team rushing the field after there was a POV video, and you know, he was telling everyone that he loves them. I love your brother. I love your brother. And you know, you don't see that kind of passion out of a kicker. So it's like, you know, maybe this guy has something that not a lot of not a lot of other guys do. So I'm going to keep my eyes out for Louis Aguilar. Like a Pat McAfee in the, in the locker room, maybe. He's a Pat McAfee of the USFL? Maybe, bro. You know, maybe. maybe you know, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Absolute we'll, stud, bro. You know, we'll have to keep an eye on his, stacks, his stats and, you know, track him throughout the rest of the year, for sure, because he, he made a name in this one game. Oh, yeah. But Definitely. what was the final game of Week 5 here? Final game of Week 5. Maybe the biggest upset of the weekend. It was. <sighs> Cole Man, Kelly. Cole Kelly. Uh, I mean, I, that's all you got to say. Before I say the score, Cole Kelly. Okay. Just Cole fucking Kelly. Memphis Showboats took on the well, the two the one and three Memphis Showboats took on the four and zero oh New Orleans Breakers and they and won. beat them seventeen to ten. You just don't see that, and you didn't expect it. Cole, fucking Kelly. Man. Cole Kelly, if you don't mind reading off his stats, passing and rushing, please, because he's a he's a dog. He's he's a fucking dog. dog. And two and one as a starter. Same story as Troy Williams came in the same week. They're both two and one, both putting up good numbers. I think they have a good guy in Cole Kelly for the Memphis Showboats going forward, but continue with his stat line. Wait, before I say this, you know what this does reminds me of? Hmm. A certain man who plays for a certain team in Tampa Bay. 
Tan Bay Rowdies, J.J. Williams. Coming in and making an instant impact when he starts. Is that Cole Kelly? Okay, listen to our last episode, you'll understand what that means. But, Cole Kelly, 24 for 36, 224 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And he he had five attempts for four yards. He was a dog in in, in rushing, but not really that great at rushing stats. But when he went out there and had the tenacity, he was... He was in there. He was good. I'm going to say one thing. His one touchdown pass, which won them the game, by the way. Let me just preface that. He took the biggest hit I've seen a quarterback take this season. Take. He stood in the pocket. He stood yeah. in the pocket and lobbed the ball to J.J. Wilson, their tight end. That's actually funny. J.J. Williams, J.J. Wilson. That's funny. J.J. Wilson had a fucking great game. Great touchdown catches all season, but he had a nice touchdown grab. And then uh, Papali, great third down catches. He had a yeah. fumble in the game, but that wasn't entirely his fault. He got destroyed. It was a hospital ball by Cole Kelly there. He's one bad. bad ball other than yeah, pick. Yeah. But yeah, killed, bro. I'm going to say this about Cole Kelly, what the announcers have been saying all season since he's been stepping in. The Big Ben comparisons, you know, he's nothing like Big Ben when it comes to production or anything like that, but his body type is. And when he's just stumbling, you look at young ben, Big Ben's like, you do. Rushing, like, rushing highlights, bro. It mirrors Cole Kelly. It mirrors Cole Kelly, bro. I mean, he's six seven. He's like mm. two hundred and forty pounds. Stumbling. He, he stumbles forward for five yards every rush. When he when he's about to when he's taking a play action drop back and he's heaving it fifty yards, he's gonna eat two linebackers. Mm-hmm. They, they can hit him. He's gonna get up and be like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> That's just Cole Kelly. Has he lost brain cells over the course of taking these hits? Maybe, Potentially. Yeah. I think. I think. Definitely. But you know what? He's been averaging two hundred fifty passing yards a game since he's stepped in. They're two and one. The showboats are like, they're not bad. They show the upside. They they won two in a row. But let's move forward to our power rankings. Let's move forward to what happened on the breakers side. Why did they lose this game? They stumbled. McCoy Bethel Thompson was twenty five for thirty five, two hundred six yards, one touchdown, one interception, and he had a sack, a a, a strip sack. Yeah, he fumbled the ball. He he had two turnovers, which is unlike him. But I'm just gonna say this: the, the honestly. The defense for the Showboats is what surprised me more than anything. They showed the fuck up this week. The strip sack, the pick, they had good defensive production. They were taking the ball away, and their offense, dude, they had the ball 12 minutes in the first half, like in the first quarter. Like, at the end of the first quarter, the New Orleans Breakers had run three offensive plays for negative one yards. When you control the ball that much, you're winning the game. You're setting the tempo. They went up 6-0 at the end of the half. You're, you're, you're... You're taking long, sustainable drives. You're running the ball efficiently with Carrieth White. I think they had a recipe for success. They knew what the fuck they were doing. They wanted to upset the Breakers. Yeah. They needed a divisional win. Because if they went 1-4, and four, they were in the same boat yeah. as the Stars this past weekend. If they lost this game, their season's over. It was over. Look at who else they were able to contain. And I think this is really why they were able to win this game. is because West Hills was 14 attempts, 38 yards. His longest run was 5 yards. They were able to contain West the Hills. best running back in the U.S. fell air quotes around that. I, I'm, I still think it's Mark Thompson, but I, I still think it's Mark. I actually he has three yeah. touchdowns this past yeah. weekend. He's been going off every yeah. game he's been in. They've won. They're undefeated when Mark Thompson you know, came in. If if Darius Victor didn't have such a bad day and such a bad last two weeks, I think it would still be Darius Victor. But and l- let me say this: Darius is going to rebound. He's going to come back next weekend, and he's going to kick fucking ass, because that's just who he is. He's not Melvin Gordon. No, he's not. He's going to look at the tape. He's going to adjust his ball carrying. He took his gloves off in the second half. Didn't fumble it then. I, I 
I think maybe that was his problem. Maybe the gloves were slippery, but at the same time, the second fumble he had in the game, he took the ball too high on his chest, and it just bounced out. You know, he, he saw a gap, his eyes lit up, and he just let go of the fucking ball. Yeah. And you can't do that. You just can't do that. Yeah, you can't his eyes the tackle. Yeah, I mean, he was... He's a great runner when he has the ball in his hands, but when he makes mistakes and turnovers like that is when you really start to see the downside of having a back with, with you know, rubbery fingers. It's just falling right out, right, right out of his hand. You don't want that in your running back, especially you don't want that trend to pick up, especially mid-season. I mean, you want him to sustain, you know, his production that he's had all his USFL career. Yeah. But going into our power rankings, I'll just briefly go over mine real quick because you guys saw the scores and if you're keeping you know, tuned uh, tuned in on these USFL power rankings and USFL chill episodes, you'll know where we stand. But I'm going to go from the bottom up. Number eight, I'm putting the Michigan Panthers. Number seven, I'm putting the Memphis Showboats. Number six, I'm putting the Philadelphia Stars. Number five, I'm putting the New Jersey Generals. Number four, I'm going to be putting the Birmingham Stallions, which might be shocking. Number three, I'm going to be putting... Mm, the Pittsburgh Maulers, yeah. Mm. And then number two, I'm going to put the Houston Gamblers. Mm. And then two, at number one, I'm still going to have to give it to the New Orleans Breakers. For the pure fact alone, they're still 4-1. The, you know, they had a stutter. They, the expectations are not to be undefeated. That actually takes stress off teams. I think they could go out and win out the rest of the year because their offense has just been that explosive. Um, McCloy just needs to play it safer with the ball and not try things that... <laughs> You know, might expose him as a you know a little bit of an older player. He's 34 years old. When he forces the ball down the field, you can see he doesn't really have that arm strength, um, and, and typically gets picked off. Especially when he tries to lead a crossing route, I see that you know he throws it a little bit behind his guys, and that's what happened with um, the pick. Uh, I, I just I, I think those are good rankings for right now. How about yourself, kid? So yeah, I'm gonna start off with eight to number one. At eight, I'm gonna have to give it to the Michigan Panthers. At seven, I'm gonna have to give it to the Memphis Showboats just because I don't think they're better than the Stars. Yeah, I put them there. They won a game. They're two. Exactly. They're, they're better than the yeah. Panthers have lost three in a row. Yeah. Showboats have won two in a row. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta account for trends. And then I'm gonna put the Generals at number six, and I'm gonna put the 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 Stars at number five, just because. Okay. You know, the sole purpose is they beat them. You know, they just beat them. Why? Why, why should the generals be better? Yeah, be ranked better than them. And at number four, I'm gonna have to go. Um, no, this might surprise you. Actually, not because you have them here too. Stallions, and then I'm gonna have to go Maulers at number at number two. I mean, at number three, and then at number two and number one. This is the most surprising one. Okay, actually, maybe not the most surprising to y'all. But for me, this is my standout pick. I have the Breakers at number two and the Gamblers at number one. They're this on the up and up. The three games in a row, they've won. They have the second most points for in the entire league. And it's just, they're, they're explosive ways in offense. And once Kenji gets better, and they know they have the fallback on, on Terry Wilson now. They know he they looks stellar. On him. He exactly. looks good. So I mean, Kenji's maybe down... You know, Stowe and Terry, why you not? You can win with either. Exactly. And we got to see a little bit of Montel Cozart. Didn't really show much, but you know what? I'd like to see him maybe get a shot with a you know another USFL team next year if he doesn't get more playing time this year. But those are good rankings. Um, I do want to ask you to pull up the Week Six schedule so we can do our predictions while I ask Brady. Um, you've tuned into a couple USFL games so far this year. Um, what are your thoughts on the league? 
and what are your impressions on this alternative football league? Um, I mean, I, I like it. Um, it it's excite. I like the excitement. It's it's good football, but I think definitely these guys are getting shots to the next. Like this, the Aguilar, the Aguilar dude. Yeah, eight, eight, for eight field goals though. Eight for eight. That's amazing. He's get, definitely getting called up, especially if kickers were getting called up last year. Riz Ahmed made a 63-yard field goal. Guess who he's kicking for now? The Packers. Yeah. I mean, Literally, that, that's how easy it can happen. <laughs> you can and change your life in a game. Literally, in this game, yeah. You can have an amazing game. And literally, even just getting on a practice squad, like you said. Six figures. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> who doesn't want that? Mm. That's easy cash. Playing you, the game you love. And you may not get that starting game tape, but yeah. you are getting a nice check for yeah. being a part of an a, a NFL club. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. But any players or teams that have stuck out to you so far? I like the Breakers, man. Four and one, they're yeah. looking good. They're looking strong. I like the running back too. West it's Hills, a strong running back. West they Hills. give him a lot of carries, but it works. Maybe we saw a little bit of attrition set in this past week. I mean, but at the same time, he's just still clear cut number one running back in the league. He's he's a dog out of the CFL. Um, but a- any defensive players that stuck out? I also to you? do like the Showboats. You like the Showboats? Yeah. Two and three, one two in a row with Cole Kelly. Yeah, and Anyone? that is the Tampa Bay Bandits. It was the Tampa Bay Bandits, but uh, it's still pretty much the same roster um, as the Bandits. And they actually just signed their tight end back from last year, Cheyenne O'Grady, Big 85. So maybe we'll get to see some more explosiveness on offense from the Memphis Showboats. But as of right now, I don't know if you've tuned in that much, but MVP? You have a dark horse? or I mean, I don't know, man. Breland Speaks is dogging out. Yeah, there's a lot of defensive players that could actually win it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of upside there. Yeah. But what would you say to someone that hasn't seen this league, I guess you can say? Um, ah, man. Just, uh, I feel like if you if you watch one game, you'll understand, like, how how quick the pace. It's not, it's its own league. It's not yeah. really anything else, like college, or it's not like NFL. It's not like... It's kind of the segue like, in between. Yeah, the, it's the got your own, it's its, its own t- style of play. The rules are a bit different, but... Come with an open mind. It's it's something you can watch. You, you can, while the NFL is not on, just watch. If you love football, you can watch this uh, alternative league. It's I think it's pretty good. Yeah, and there's players to follow. More clubs you could learn to love and mm-hmm. grow with. And hey, you know maybe you you guys live in a city near uh, where the USFL games are being played in Canton or Detroit or Birmingham or Memphis, and you guys. Haven't seen a, a game yet. The tickets are incredibly cheap. I don't see why not. Go experience it for yourself. I, I think it's a I think it's a new, um, really cool league that I, I would love to see grow and um, get bigger with time, obviously, and you know maybe some some talent as well. You know maybe they start draft like having like an actual like legitimate college draft instead of the player rights collegiate draft, which also was pretty cool. But just to see the production and the stage get bigger for this league is just what I re- would really love to see. But going into week six, Caden, what what are our predictions for week six here? And would you mind reading yeah, off the times and networks that these games will be on for our listeners out there? Let me get on this schedule real Yeah, quick. take your time. So we're into week six, game one. <coughs> we're going to be at 12.30 p.m. This, this is uh, like noon p.m. It's going to be uh, U.S. It's going to be on broadcast on USA. It's the Pittsburgh Maulers versus the Memphis Showboats. That'll be a good game. This is actually going to be a good game. Usually early in the season, I'll call this a shitter because, like, you didn't. You saw what these teams exactly. were putting now, out. Now they're putting out some good tape, putting out some good playtime. But you know, if sadly one of these teams, their season is probably going to be over after this loss. Yeah. I mean, when you're two and four, 
I mean, you have to win out. You have to win out. You have to win out. And I don't see either of these teams winning out four weeks in a row. That, you know, I, I could be completely fucking wrong, but these are some of the teams that actually have to fight to win. Um, yeah. They're not just walking over teams like the Breakers or the Stallions have done in the past. But honestly, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Maulers here. Uh, I'm going to say 20 to 20 to 13. Yeah. I'm going to also take the uh, Pittsburgh Maulers here. But I think Cole Kelly's at least going to put up a fight. I think it will be a high, little bit of a high-scoring game, a little bit of a high-scoring game than more, more, more people think. Maybe like um, 28 to 21. I think it will be a close game. Okay. I think it will be a very close game. Uh, They're both just, equal. They are both equal. Very equal teams. And that's what you'd like to see, in especially this North versus South matchup. And you know, very well, the South has shown that they are very dominant. Yeah. So that, you know, the showboats could very well come in there and smack them, but... I, th- I do see the Pittsburgh Maulers walking out with the win. With Troy Williams at home, I do. Troy Williams, hell yeah. So 4 p.m. is the next game of the day. So Aaron on Fox. Birmingham Stallions versus the Michigan Panthers. I'm taking the Stallions here. Um, yeah. And I... Yeah. You know what? No. I'm going to take the Michigan Panthers Oof. with an upset here. I think, you know, they're at Ford Field again. They need to put out some good tape. And I think, you know what? Barrier, he's going to get the start this week. Because Carson Strong and Josh Love, they're really not it. Yeah. Um, I think Barrier needs to start. He's played three games for the Michigan Panthers last year, and he is legit like Kenji Bahar, but faster. And that's what I love about him, and I yeah. want him to be elevated to that QB1 position because at this point, you've lost three in a row. Y- you need to win a fucking game. You need to go three and three to salvage your season. You can't go two and four. These two and three teams are in dangerous waters in week six. Yeah, they really are. But yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers 24-20 to 20 over the Birmingham Stallions. I think Alex McGee is going to fight his ass off, but it's just his defense is going to let up too much. Okay. And that's what I think is going to happen. Okay. I do have the Stallions coming in here. Alex McGee redemption game. With the, they've lost, what, two in a row now? Two in a row. They lost to the Breakers coming off of a loss from the Gamblers. It's been kind of a, a rough two weeks for the Stallions here. No, but. not two in a row. They beat the uh, the Maulers uh, two weeks ago, uh, and then they just lost to the Gamblers. It's it's been a little rough patch. Yeah, I guess you could say for for the. Uh, they've lost the two out of three games. They're not looking too good. Not really compared to the last season. They've already had more losses than the last season. They took no. They've only one loss in the last season. Yeah, absolutely. weirdly enough, it was to the Gamblers as well. Yeah, so there's a rivalry there. There really is, uh, but Birmingham Stallions. I got them. Low key, I don't think I don't, I don't see the Michigan Panthers putting up any points. I'm going 21-0, bro. Wow. That's a big... I'm going full-on shutout <laughs> statement game from Alex McGee. Bro. Okay. Okay. I, I like that. What's the third game of the weekend? That's going to be played at Ford Field as well. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, fuck. You got to hope the Michigan Panthers win that one. Sunday, May 21st. It's going to be 12 p.m. on FS1. New Orleans Breakers versus the Philadelphia Stars. Who you got? I'm going to take the Philadelphia Stars with another upset win because I think they just realized that, you know what, we got to do something. They they got into the red zone last week. They were moving the ball, but it's just they couldn't execute. They yeah. couldn't score. If they punched it in every time they were in the red zone, they the score would have been like 50-something to, to fucking 14. Yeah. But in this case, I think it's going to be a gritty game. I think Case is going to come out and legitimately save the season. Like, on his terms. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Luis Aguilar, who's going to have a good game. Yeah. But I think Case is going to be the guy that's going to be the deciding factor. Well, the deciding factor is that O-line. Like, Case, gonna, can, Case can do it. We know the, that Case can do it. The, the New Orleans Breakers have a premier defense, but after stuttering against one of the worst teams in the USFL, yeah. 
I think the stars are going to analyze that tape. They're going to expose that that grittiness that the the showboats used against the showboat uh, the the breakers, excuse me. And I think they're going to copy and paste what the showboats did and win that seventeen to ten game. Yeah. I think it's going to be the same score. I think it's going to be seventeen to ten. I think the breakers are going to get exposed in gritty games. Yeah. I really do because they they have a very flashy offense. But when you go up against a stout defense that just won't back down, they'll give you what you want. But they're not going to let that big shot come open. They're not going to let that the run break outside. Yeah. I saw Adam Rodriguez emerge to a different level this past weekend. Their defense for the Stars was outstanding. They they shut the New Jersey Generals down. I think they can replicate that production and performance and shut down McCloy Bethel-Thompson and hold them to a minimal performance of 10, 15 points. But I think the Stars take the win here. I'll, I'll go 17-10 or maybe 20-14. to to 14. Stars, yeah, for sure. Twenty. You said 20-14? to 20-14 20 20 oh, or... 14. 17 to 10. That's what I was about. I was about to say 20 to 14 stars as well. You know, I got to ride with my dogs. I've been a a stars fan since day one. Got to ride with them. And Case Cookus, it's just... He's him. He is him, but, you know, for the chef to cook, he needs his sous chefs. You know what I mean? He needs his line cooks. You need that line, bro. You need your line cook to to go and handle the gritty shit. And he's been sacked, what, 23 times in five weeks? Right. How is that possible? Horrible, most horrible line cook in the entire fucking USFL. And I hope that, you know, maybe, you know, if he still takes hit, and he took three sacks, three and a half sacks against the Panthers this past weekend, but they still managed to win due to their special teams. If they can minimize those hits on Case so he can actually have time for play action passes and maybe some RPO stuff, because he's a good scrambler. They can leave a dent and get the plays they need to win the game, and I think the Stars can take this home. So let's see if they can, but if not, their season, it's on thin ice. Two and four, you can't be two and four right now. You gotta be, you know, you want to be at that five hundred or above mark, obviously. But in this league, being above five hundred, it's a fucking luxury. So they really need to go three and three here to to maintain this season. The Breakers have, you know, they have the capability to lose some games, but they don't want to start losing games, obviously. But they have that wiggle room too. But uh, at, at this time, I do think the Stars, after this last week's performance, they'll they'll win. What's the final game of the week? Final game of the week, Saturday, May twenty first, four p.m. New Jersey versus uh, I mean New Jersey Generals versus the Houston Gamblers. Houston Gamblers on the up and up right now. Who you got? Um, I'm gonna take the New Jersey Generals here um, with a little bit of an upset. I think Mike Riley is gonna figure out how to utilize Kyle Letta and DeAndre Johnson like he did last year with Lewis Perez and DeAndre Johnson. Yeah. I think he's gonna try and replicate that two quarterback system, one of the only ones that worked last year. And got them to nine wins. They won nine games in a row. They started out yeah. 0-1 and then won nine straight and then lost in the playoffs to the Stars. Yeah. But I think they obviously, everyone's goal is to get to the playoffs. And then you just say fuck it when you're there. You throw yeah. everything you have on the field. Yeah. But I think he's going to come in with a recipe. He saw Kyle Oletta. He got activated for the first time. DeAndre had some turf stuff in his eye. He had to come out for the rest of the game. Kyle Oletta looked poised. He, he looked like he lost some weight from last year. Looks like he has a, more zip on the ball. And me and you were talking about it, man. He was actually he developing was, and getting in rhythm with a pass game, and that's something we don't see much from the New Jersey Generals because they're so rush-heavy. It's also cool because DeAndre Johnson was on there just fine. Yeah. But Mike Riley was keeping with Kyle Lillard. The entire second half, he and kept was, him in. It was low-key working, bro. And I like that rather... I, I liked that from Mike Riley. I thought that was a good coaching decision because yeah. you see a lot of the two quarterback setups or the guys or the coaches trying to test the waters with their second quarterback... You see what Mike Nolan's doing with Carson Strong. You know, yeah. he'll pull him, put him in. Mm. It's just not working. Mm. He left Kyle Laletta in because why fuck up the rhythm? You already exactly. made the change, yeah. ride it out with Laletta, and you know what? He actually put up points and kept them in yeah. the game. But they just couldn't 
they couldn't stop that special teams attack from the stars. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go here and take the generals, twenty-eight to seventeen. Mm, okay. Okay. I think that might be game of the week. I'm going. You know, Kenji, is Kenji Barra back? That's unconfirmed. We'll find out later, probably around <coughs> Thursday. But even then, I'm planning on Kenji being in there, and I still think the generals can win. But either or Terry or Kenji, they're gonna be fine. Their offense showed up. Either way, mm-hmm. Mark Thompson three rushing touchdowns yeah. last weekend. I think they have upside. Either way, it's gonna be a good game. If Kenji's in and that offense is clicking, 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 then I think it will be a lot more high-scoring high game than people think, mm. especially for the Gamblers. Yeah. I'm going 35 points for the Gamblers okay. to 14 by the Generals. Oh, shit. Like, I think Darius Victor will turn up a little bit. I think he will be a little bit of a force, but that red zone defense from the Gamblers has been very good, bro. No, it has been. It's been very stellar, and they've given up the most passing yards per game. Um, but you kind of said it perfectly. I mean, the the well, we kind of just discussed how rush-heavy this Generals team is. If they don't start or use Kalaletta effectively, their passing yards will diminish, and the Houston Gamblers aren't going to have to worry about that. They have a great front seven. They're going to be rushing, blitzing, keeping pressure on the run game and the pass game. Mm-hmm. And you just got to hope that, you know, hopefully Kenji's in. And if not, Terry Wilson, you saw what he could do last week. He got the win. I trust Terry Wilson, and honestly, I, I trust the coach of the Gamblers. He's been doing well. He had some bad games in the start of the season. They started at 0-2, but they won three in a row. I mean, they look good. They look really good. And I think they're definitely, in my opinion, they could knock the breakers of the Stallions out of the playoff hunt, and they could get in. And, you know, that's a team you don't want to face in the playoffs. They have an explosive offense, so many playmakers, a lot of good depth. Justin Hall is dangerous, a guy that might get a call up, maybe not. He doesn't have that NFL body, but he has that speed and he has that power. He's a very reliable slot receiver and a special teams player. But I'm excited for this weekend. Week six, we're almost we're almost done with the season already. It's kind of crazy. Um, after week six, obviously there's only three more games in the regular season, then we got the playoffs, and it's going to be exciting. So, um, Caden, actually I wanted to ask you real quick, what is your MVP dark horse right now? MVP dark horse right now? Or dark horse MVP. Yeah, mine mine right now is Alex McGill. I Alex think McGill. right now I've seen just so many impressive things out of Alex McGill or Mark Thompson. One of the two. My, my dark horse MVP is, is going to be uh, Troy Williams. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah Troy Williams. Williams. He deserves it. Yeah. I, I see what he can do with the Mowers if he really does turn them around to be a... A, a playoff a, team? Exactly. A playoff team, a winning team, then he, why shouldn't he? Yeah, he, he deserves, deserves it. it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good argument for mm-hmm. sure. But we really appreciate everyone for tuning into our USFL Power Rankings and Recap episode. If you guys want more of these episodes, definitely hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Tea Time Reports. We're very active about the USFL on each of those platforms, as well as the XFL, USL Championship, and then as well as NFL News as well. But definitely give those accounts a follow and keep showing support and the love. We really appreciate everyone for tuning in. And you guys have a great rest of your uh, night or day, wherever you're at. Peace. Peace.